A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is episode number seven. Your coach, Helen Yuskovic. Welcome to... Your coach, Helen Yuskovic. That's me. I am now your virtual coach. I am what you call a professional life student. I've discovered firsthand that heartbreak will happen. Health issues do arise, but being successful doesn't ever need to be compromised. Twice a week, I will be your virtual coach feeding you the juiciest knowledge that you can use to live your best life, no matter what gets thrown your way. Shall we begin? P.S. To ensure that you never miss your session, hit subscribe on your podcast app now. Carol Mollica is an NLP and hypnotherapy trainer, NLP master practitioner and coach. She's also a timeline therapy master practitioner. She uses her intrinsic skills to facilitate better relationships and bring out the best in people. Her gentle approach enables her to draw out all the good stuff of interhuman relationships. She is passionate about strengthening the gap between individuals because she has seen and experienced how powerful a healthy communication system can be. A nurturer at heart, she is passionate about passing these skills on to others. Since becoming a coach back in 2012, she has been able to transform the lives of many people. The biggest shift occurred when she decided to study NLP, timeline therapy and hypnosis it was by using these modalities that she was able to have a bigger impact with change in her clients so much so that she has gone on to become a trainer in these modalities carol says the knowledge needs to be shared with the world nlp is the model of communication and everyone needs to have an opportunity to learn how to communicate effectively with themselves and with others and in today's episode we get down to the nitty-gritty of relationships and we chat about the foundations of a healthy relationship learning to speak your partner's love language we chat about what happens if your issues get swept under the carpet how relationship stress can manifest into disease and how to stop it in its tracks We also talk about the signs of a toxic relationship that you must be aware of. And we talk about how to protect yourself from toxic relationships. I know I've had a few. We also chat about what to do if your marriage is crumbling and how to save it. How to manifest your ultimate relationship and why smartphones can ruin your relationship. Has your relationship fallen into a slump? We also chat about how to reignite the spark. Carol will also share with us 13 things that couples with great sex lives do. We talk about why people cheat and what to look out for to protect your relationship and what shuts down intimacy in a relationship, plus 
so much more. All of the show notes for today are available on my website, wholehealth.com.au forward slash podcast. And before I begin, I want to read you the review of the week. And the review of the week is by Shireen Helen, and it's titled Coach in My Pocket. I have seen and heard Helen in real life, and she is stimulating, helps you see the silver lining, and has this beautiful aura that you just want to be around. It's nice to have access to this whenever I want. It's nice that there is a variety of topics that she explores. She is like a mechanic of the soul. Thank you so much for that review. I am uber grateful that you spent the time to do that. And for your chance to be the review of the week, just press pause and head on over to iTunes or Stitcher and post up your review now. It really means the world to me because I can keep doing this show for you. Now, please excuse some of the bad audio quality. It was my very first interview and I had no idea what I was doing, but I have definitely learned for next time. And now let's bring on the lovely, the sweetest, most beautiful Carol Mollica. Carol, I am pumped to have you on the show. But before we begin, can you tell us how many hours of sleep you had last night? Oh, wow. I think I went to sleep at about 11 and I woke up at about 7, 7.30. That's a decent amount. Yeah. And can you begin by telling us what you do when you wake up? <laughs> do you have a ritual? Well, my husband and I have a ritual. Oh, I see. That's probably why you have such an amazing relationship. So a bit of intimate time? Yes, a little bit of intimate time. And what else do you do before you start work? Luke and I have been going to the gym together. Like this is something that we, we do. However, last week I only went once because I'd had a little bit of time off, a little bit sore, then decided I'll wait a couple of days and then guess what? We got busy. So I've got to get back into that routine. Sometimes we'll also go for a walk to the beach as well and start our morning with a walk on the beach, grounding ourselves in the sand, which is something I love to do most of all. That is so amazing. A great way to start the morning with your loved one. Carol, let's begin by telling us how you became the relationships expert that you are. I really believe that it came from experience, from personal experience, and I love people. I really love people, but, you know, I also really, you know, it really upsets me when I, when I see couples or people in pain in regard to their relationships. And when I started coaching, it wasn't really my intention to, to go down the road that I've travelled. So a bit of background about where I've come from is back in 2009, I decided to go and do a degree to become a counsellor. And it did not resonate with me at all. Um, I was working with Lifeline at the time. So I was a crisis counsellor with Lifeline. And I was that empathetic person who would get off the phone and then worry about the person that I'd spoken to because there was no, um, no contact with them. So I'd be driving home worrying about, well, where does that person end up? And I thought, you know what, I can't continue doing this. So I ended up ditching the degree, did all my lifeline qualifications, and then I found the law of attraction. So I became a law of attraction coach. That was my very first certification. And the law of attraction is something that Luke and I live and breathe every day. We, we definitely, you know, put a lot of our decisions out to the, to the hands of the universe. You know, what, what you think and what you feel and what you dwell on is what you attract. And sometimes it's the good, the bad and the ugly. So, you know, what you dwell on in the negative, you attract just as much as the positive. So I went down that road and then I decided to get a coaching, my coaching diploma. So I did that, did a couple of years more study. Then another road of NLP, became an NLP practitioner. What does NLP stand for? NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. 
The neuro is about the brain and our thought processes and our thought patterns. The linguistic is the words that we speak, the words we speak to ourselves and to other people. And the programming is uh, the way we're brought up. It's the, the way we are conditioned, our experiences and the things that happen to us. Now, sometimes our conditioning and our experiences and the things that happen to us shape who we become. So through the NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, we can actually change your model of the world, change the way that you see things from a very different perspective. So you studied NLP? Yeah. And then? Timeline therapy and hypnosis. So timeline therapy and hypnosis come under the umbrella of NLP. Loved it so much that, again, did another shift in my business where I decided, you know, why not just do a, become a trainer? So amazing. Yeah. When I was first coaching, uh, believe it or not, I was actually coaching um, mothers and daughters. I, was, I actually wrote a program back in 2013. I wrote a program called Buds to Blossoms, which was an empowerment program for girls, which I did get into the education department and I was teaching that at a local school up until a couple of years ago. But I was working with mothers and daughters, so mothers of teenage girls, even though I'm a mother of boys, that took me down a road that I really didn't expect. Then once I did the NLP training, that really opened me up to a whole heap of other things that people were having problems with. But I really started to get a lot of people coming to me wanting to know about relationships and how can I fix this and how can I fix that. Mm. And, you know, I'm, I'm 49 years old. I've been married once before. You know, I've been in a narcissistic relationship. I had my first relationship of DV when I was 17. So I've been through all of these different phases of relationships, but also within that being able to really find myself and find where my strengths lie so that I could go on and help people. Wow, that's a very powerful why as to, you know, how you're so successful in your career because it sounds like you have experienced firsthand a relationship that wasn't healthy and so you can relate very well to clients that you see and you can see the little trigger points that might be the hiccup in other relationships. Absolutely. In your experience, what are the foundations of a healthy relationship? Very important. Open communication, honest communication. You know, being able to sit with your partner and be vulnerable and not be worried about what they're thinking. You know, like take away the judgment of each other, but also knowing your partner's love languages. And that is usually the place I start when I'm working with couples or I'm working with people who want to fix a relationship because sometimes I'll have one person come to me and want help with their relationship but their partner isn't ready yet. So as long as someone is ready to fix it, that's where I always start. The five love languages are acts of service, words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, and gifts. So giving giving gifts. And there's a book about that. I'm pretty sure it's called The Five, five love, love Languages. There's a quiz that you can do online. So if you look up The Five Love Languages online, there's actually a quiz that you can do to find out what your love language is. Awesome. I'll put a link to that in the show notes so that you guys can actually go online and do that test. Because if you have two different love languages to your partner, this could be an area of concern because, tell me if I got this right, communicating to your partner the way that you like to be communicated to, he or she might not respond the way that you're hoping because their love language could be something different like physical touch. Absolutely. So I'll give you an example. You're in a relationship and you, you know, you're, you're making cups of tea and you're 
cooking dinner and you're really doing things for your partner, that's the way that you like to be loved. They need to understand that if that's your love language, if they're reciprocating and doing the same back to you, they will get what they want. If you know their love language, you play to their love language. So Luke and I, my top love language is words of affirmation and physical touch. His is physical touch and words of affirmation. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're our our top two. So words being mine, they say that people with words of affirmation can go three months on a good compliment. Wow. It's about encouragement. It's about, I love you. Uh, You know, you're doing a great job. When Luke would turn around and say, you know, I'm so grateful for you and I love da-da-da-da-da, that just lights me up. So I'm getting my love language met. This is physical touch. When I'm lit up, well, am I going to want to touch my husband? Absolutely. So it's important to know what your partner's love language is. How long does this test take online? Oh, minutes. Oh, perfect. I feel like words of affirmation resonates with me, but I'll do that test and I'll let you know. So about the foundations of a healthy relationship, understanding the love languages and open communication. Yeah, but also if you have a challenge or a little problem, deal with it today. Don't sweep it under the carpet and put it there for next week or the Mm. week after or the week after. I'll share this as as experience. You know, when, when I was first married, Things would be said and it would get put under the carpet and then something else would happen and it would be put under the carpet and not dealt with. And when I was going through my separation, my ex-husband dragged stuff up that was like more than 10 years old. And it was like, I didn't know you felt that way. Why didn't you tell me then? It sounds like, you know, some people, they just bury things so deep that they carry this burden with them for so long. And... Mm -hmm. If only we had known how much they were suffering. So what do you do if you're just not getting a response back or you're not getting the communication that you want back? But your situation is interesting. What if you don't even know that there's an issue? And this is why I actually feel like these days that, again, I'm I'm going back and using... Luke, my husband, Mm -hmm. as an example, because we had both been married previously. We had both also been in relationships that were six, we both had six year relationships prior to meeting each other. So we had these experiences of being married, but also we were both in very narcissistic relationships. We actually sat down and we discussed the pain of the last relationship and what we would not tolerate going forward. And I also made a promise to myself that if there was something I didn't like, I would speak my truth going in straight away. Because if you can't speak your truth, like what happened in my first marriage, I actually ended up with asthma for four years because that's the throat area and if you look at law of attraction and, and metaphysical things that can manifest in the body, not being able to speak, it was stuck here in my throat. There was so much I wanted to say, but I ended up with stress-induced asthma. I couldn't speak what I wanted to say. Always manifests that bloody stress. Yeah, it's going to manifest as dis-ease. I agree. And for those people that are listening now, if they are in a relationship and say it's a long-term one, what would be your advice if communication is a problem right now? What if someone listening right now is going through a crisis of, I just can't communicate with my partner? What's one piece of advice that you would offer? That's a really interesting question because... So I get it all the time with my uh, clients and I remember when I was a beauty therapist, you know, people just wouldn't speak and it was just like, how do you start communicating if it's been an ongoing thing for many years? How do you bring it back? If you still love your partner, you don't want to leave them, but you're not communicating well and the relationship is just suffering. Where do you start? 
I would actually start by sitting down and saying, you know what, I love you, but we really need to talk. Yeah. So there's a really handy gold nugget, guys. Carol, the time has come for a curveball. Are you ready to play? (laughs) Of course. (laughs) So the curveball is, what is one thing that most people don't know about you? Oh, okay. One thing that most people don't know about me is that I actually own a 1954 FJ Holden car. I don't even know that. Wow. It was it was handed down from my grandfather when he passed away. He left this car to me. I, I have a goal one day or, or maybe my boys will fulfill the goal of actually getting it out of storage and doing it up so that it actually runs. But um, our little darling hasn't been started and, um, since 1974. Awesome. Yeah, it's a beautiful old car, still has the plastic seat covers on it and it has 59,000 miles on the speedo. That's so cool. All right, getting back to relationships. What are the signs of a toxic relationship? Oh, okay, control. People who want to completely control your every being of the relationship, trust. Just going back to control, because that sounds like a red flag. Yeah. And it sounds like something that could come up early on that people seem to ignore. Yeah. The minute you see some form of control, what should you do? Well, I would be looking at and I would be asking myself the question, for what purpose are they doing that? Why would they why would they want to do that? I mean, Mm -hmm. if you've got someone you know, always asking you, where are you going? What are you doing? What time are you going to be home? I'll share another story with you. Mm-hmm. I had a business meeting to go to and the business meeting was with another woman and I had laid out my clothes on the, ta- on, on the bed this particular day, got my clothes out, put my nice matching underwear out on the bed, you know, getting ready to get dressed. And he goes, who are you meeting? You don't wear those for me. Wow. Mm. So he automatically assumed that you were going to go see another man. Absolutely. Yeah. That was a problem. And that sort of thing continued. What happens if you leave it? It continues. But at the end of the day, this was his insecurity because he had been cheated on in a relationship, you know, and it was a relationship that I stayed in three years too long. I think I cried every day for the last three years of that relationship. And, you know, I look back on it now and I go, well, that was hard. That as hard as that was, it wouldn't have brought me to where I am now, you know, because hindsight is a wonderful thing, right? Yeah, exactly. I always say I am so thankful for all of my experiences because it wouldn't have led me to where I am right now. Exactly. I mean, this, this person even said to me, you know, you'll never have a business, you'll never be a coach you'll never be successful and it was like watch me so what else carol signs of a toxic relationship would be control that is one that people tend to just brush away and if you're currently going through that what should you do well you need to actually question is this relationship serving me was the problem that we have with a a lot of people is that they settle and this settling comes down to people's self-worth because sometimes they don't believe they're worthy of more or sometimes they don't believe or sometimes they do believe that this is as good as it's going to get you know if you've got someone who is constantly questioning you and not trusting you again look at the reasons why Mm -hmm. um I've also been subject to narcissistic behavior so then you know being in a relationship with a narcissist means that they are you know they're not only questioning but they actually make you question yourself and I mean and again I've been there as well and if you feel like you are in a controlling relationship now is the time to maybe take a look at that a little bit deeper yeah Is there any other signs of a toxic relationship? Well, if they're wanting to keep you away from your friends and your family, yeah, yeah, if they're trying to isolate you, 
I'll give you another example from my life experience. This same fellow would go into um, argument withdrawal. Things would be great for a little while and then he'd start picking, picking, picking because he needed to have an argument. Would you say control is one of the biggest issues in a toxic relationship that you see? Absolutely. Uh, well, that from, from my own experience, yes, and trust. Trust. So <laughs> let's talk about trust for a little bit. So we start relationships and it's all lovey-dovey, hunky-dory, beautiful, and then somewhere along the lines your trust can get broken. What do you do? Why does that happen? It depends on how the trust was broken. So, you know, it could be, it could start off with a little white lie, maybe. You know, maybe this person has done something, you know, maybe they've made an error of judgment. How many times can you break someone's trust? Well, I guess this depends on the, it depends on the couple. I mean, again, it, all of this stuff comes back to communication. If you've got good open communication with your partner, why would there be any need for trust issues? I always believe in a second chance. I do believe in errors of judgment. We are human after all. Mm. But there's that fine line of, okay, once is fine, but twice? You know, I'm not yeah. talking about infidelity or no, any of that, no. but just, as you're saying, errors of judgment. So that's another sign of a toxic relationship to think about guys and Carol is there a way to protect ourselves from toxic relationships how do we stop attracting them (laughs) if you feel like we're always getting a relationship that is a little bit toxic well you've got to be able to recognize it to start with you've got to know what you want That's the biggest thing. You've got to know what you want. You've got to focus on what you want, not what you don't want. So if you want someone who's charming and you're putting it out there, don't question that the universe has sent you someone charming and think that they're a narcissist. An example, guys, uh, because I'm working with Carol and Luke at the moment doing timeline therapy is my mantra was in my head that we found out I always make the wrong decision when it comes to men and something so simple that carol said was you need to change what you're saying to yourself and you change it to i always make the right decisions when it comes to men so i've been working through that because i've had a history of (laughs) toxic relationships (laughs) so i am currently working on this yeah, and, and like I said, Helly, you know, if you focus on what you want, like I, before I met Luke, I actually had written a list after each failed relationship before I met Luke and there were three. So my I was married for 16 years and my ex-husband was a really lovely guy so much so that he used to give me everything I wanted in regard to, okay, well, whatever you want, let's do what you want to do. You make the decisions. Oh. And, I mean, you know, unfortunately he was a, he was a bit of a yes man. But, but, again, a really lovely guy. We have a great relationship now because we have two, two boys mm-hmm. and we, we're in a really good space. But... I basically outgrew him because he never said no. He never said no to me. I okay, understand. even down to, yeah, even down to, you, you know, where do you want to go? And he goes, no, 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 where do you want to go? It does get a little bit frustrating when you have to make all the decisions because it's like, hold on, yeah, you make a decision. Yeah. yeah, and these guys just don't want to rock the boat at all, you know, and we never argued. But when we were separating, all of that stuff that wasn't said, all of those arguments that we never had. Oh, oh my God. Was that was... man. And then he brought yeah. it all up right at the yeah. end. Yeah. Yes. That actually leads me on to my next question. Yeah. Why do marriages begin to crumble? How can we save that from happening? Well, you know, 
when you're with someone for any length of time, there's an element of I don't have to try anymore. I don't have to put in the effort because, I mean, when, when you're dating, you're putting in the effort. Maybe you're going to the gym. You want to look good. You want to feel good. And effort is a daily requirement. Whether you've been together one year, five years, 10 years, you know, you've still got to make that effort. And, you know, I said, I remember saying this to you today, a marriage is a partnership. It's not 50-50. It's 100-100. This is where I think marriages do start to crumble is because they're, they're too comfortable. They don't do those things that they used to do because it's like once you've got the girl, you don't need to be that. Once you've got the man, well, you know, I can just let, you know, let my guard right down. But I mean, I can tell you right now, every day, Luke and I, we communicate and we put effort into our relationship every single day. So if you don't water it, how is it supposed to grow? That's a really great gold nugget, Carol. So if you feel that your relationship is starting to crumble, and you don't want it to, a way that you can save your marriage is by sitting down with your partner and mentioning why you are grateful for them and just learning maybe to put the blame aside so that you can learn to open up that communication and just getting down to the basics of why you love having this person in your life. That's what I took from that. Oh, wow, look at that. It's time for another curveball. Uh Are you ready to play? (laughs) Okay. Carol, when was the last time you laughed out loud and why? My husband was being very, very cheeky, but (laughs) that's my life. He's cheeky with me every day and he, he does his best to make me laugh and it works. Oh, that's so sweet. You know, it's nice that you are living your truth with your relationship and your work. We can see that you put into practice everything that you preach because I know that for me, I can give anyone the best advice, but sometimes I don't take my own advice. Yeah. there. I mean, there are people out there claiming to be experts. There are a lot of relationship coaches out there who are single and that that's perfectly okay, but Luke and I, I mean, we do, we live and breathe everything that we teach. We don't tell our clients to do something that we have not done Wow! as well. You know, we, we actually ran a relationships day last year and we had a, a form come back and said, Carol and Luke are too happy. They're not real. Oh, wow. And I was like, is that the way people see us? A couple who are miserable will see a couple who are blissfully happy and then they will find every reason for that not to be authentic. That's sad. You know, I know you and Luke. I've known Luke for about a decade. When I see you two together, it brings joy to my heart. It just makes me smile. I love seeing that. I've known Luke through his past relationships as well. And it's really nice to see him 100% happy. Absolutely. And, you know, I had to wait 46 years for him to find me. So even though you, this is what I'm taking away, you can see a couple that is hashtag your relationship goals, it might just be like Carol and Luke's situation where they've had to work through this thing we call life and understand how to attract the relationship that you ultimately wanted. You manifested your relationship, so did Luke. Yeah, well, he was on my list. And, and that's something, you know, like I said, back going back to that other question, I had a list after every relationship. I actually wrote on the list, I want someone to say no to me. I want someone who's going to say up to me. Wow. And guess what happened? I got that and then some. And that was the narcissistic, non-trusting guy because he would say no to me all the time. He would put me down. And he was very charming in the very beginning. He was extremely charming and told me everything I wanted to hear. And then when I was financially committed, it was Jekyll and Hyde. And then I had to get out of that. 
And then the next one, the next list was about being healthy and about being fit and because the past guy was an alcoholic. I didn't know that as well. He was drinking, which meant he didn't look that great, which to me, that made me more determined to look after my own fitness. But when you are looking after yourself and you're with someone who doesn't give a shit, it's very, very hard. So the physical, you know, treat your body like a temple, looking after yourself, eating well. So the very last list was after I had manifested the person who looked great and that that was very short-lived. That was that didn't last very long at all because again I was able to see those red flags and then I went, I can't do this. So basically I wrote another list and I'm actually married to the guy who ticked every box on that list. So amazing. What I'm getting from her now, guys, is we need to write our list down if we haven't reached our ultimate relationship. What is a common theme you see with struggling relationships? It comes back again to trust and communication. That's the theme. Like that, that is the theme. So would you say one of the triggers to watch out for is when your communication starts failing in the relationship? Absolutely. And the biggest challenge these days is the thing called the smartphone. Mm -hmm. I have been out and I have seen couples together, but they're sitting opposite each other on their phones. It makes me so sad because you have this human in front of you And you have an opportunity to connect and make that time special. But people are so connected to their phone and addicted to it. And it just can ruin a relationship completely. Would you say that there should be some tech-free time, some rules around eating with your partner and phones? Because I feel that phones and food shouldn't be in the same... No, and, and, and the thing is what it also does is it takes away presence. Now, when you're communicating with your partner, if you want to sit down and spend time, you want quality time, you want quality communication. And, you know, this is where, you know, when communication starts to dwindle, this is where sometimes people will go and look for other ways to communicate with different people. Because they're not getting what they want. They're not getting what they need from their partner. And, again, it's the the smartphone, it's social media. It's like, oh, I just got a friend request from my old boyfriend. Do I accept or not? This is, I see this all the time. It's so easy for people to be in communication with others other than their better half. There is a present in presence. Maybe the takeaway from this is to actually prioritise some quality time with your partner where you can silent your phones for that time or that period that you're with them and just have a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's absolutely crucial that couples be present with each other because when you've got a phone sitting there and it's got a message come up and a message come up and then the partner is picking it up and reading that, that tells me I'm not important, I'm not a priority to you and you're not giving me your 100%. It's a little bit disrespectful. It is, completely. And who wants to go out for dinner and just be sitting there on your phone? Don't you want to have quality time, quality communication. Especially if your relationship is in dire straits or you feel that you need a little bit of help or something is not right in the relationship, take a look at that. Put the phones away, people. Yeah, especially if your relationship is in dire straits or you feel that you need a little bit of help or something is not right in the relationship, take a look at that. Speaking of this, how can people reignite the spark 
if they've fallen into a slump, Carol, help us. Oh, this is fun. This is really about bringing back playfulness. So I, I mean, again, like I live with this every day. Like Luke <laughs> and I, we, we are very playful. You know, regardless of where we are, there's always an element of playfulness. Just, you know, being cheeky, talking to each other. You can whisper all sorts of sweet nothings, but just be playful. You know, make time for a date night, make time to do special things, but also spontaneity is really exciting. You know, whether that means, you know, packing a bag and taking off for a night or going and having a picnic, just going to the beach, but just doing things that are not in your routine. Exactly. And I feel that is a very common theme, especially with people that have children. And my advice would be prioritize it and get a babysitter or ask your friends to mind your children if they're small for one night and go and do those things with your partner that you're missing, that you're craving and that yeah. that your soul needs. Yeah. Because, you know, the other thing, Helly, is when communication dwindles, guess what else goes with it? Intimacy. Yeah. Intimacy goes, if you're not communicating, your intimacy will usually be the next, the next thing to go. So in saying that, Would you like me to share 13 things that couples do who have great sex lives? Where's my water? All right. Let me have it, Carol. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So they say, I love you, and they mean it. These words actually come from the heart. They're not just those expected words. So you know how sometimes you'll get couples and, you know, someone will go, one will go to work and they'll go, see ya, love ya, bye. You know that? Yeah. Well, what about saying to your partner, you know, coming up to your partner and actually kissing them and going, I love you, have a great day. Yeah, just putting in that little bit of effort. Yeah. I mean, we, Luke and I finish every phone call, I love you, whether he's gone down to the shops and I'd have to ring him, whatever. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times a day we say that, but I know that he means it and he knows that I mean it. The next thing is that they kiss passionately for no reason. Where has French kissing gone? I know, right? Now, the rule here is it's got to last at least six seconds. Six seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so and that's a real kiss, right? Yeah. Awesome. So, everybody, a six-second kiss is your homework for this evening. Yeah. And you know what? They also compliment each other or surprise each other. That doesn't need to be a gift. It can be, let's go out for dinner, let's go to the movies, but they compliment each other on a regular basis because we need to build each other up. When you feel that your partner is building you up and giving you confidence, well, isn't that going to help you to love them even more? And you'll reciprocate. Exactly. Now, the next thing is that they know what turns their partner on and what turns them off. So they don't do the things that turn them off. And they know the love map to their partner's erotic world. And they know what steps they need to take to put on that accelerator to intimacy. But they also know what makes them put on that sexual break as well. Yeah. That turns them off. It's a great point. Another thing is some people get a little bit creeped out by this, but a kiss and a cuddle in public isn't a bad thing. It doesn't mean you're all over each other, but holding hands in public, you're publicly affectionate. I mean, Luke and I hold hands all the time when we're out or we'll walk with our arms around each other or he'll walk along and he'll give me a kiss on the cheek. I'm okay with that. I love that. So a public display of affection might be able to help you out in a relationship if the affection has gone missing. I have heard of people that say my partner doesn't like to kiss in public, but then again, that goes back down to understanding your partner, what turns them on, what turns them off, and their love languages because just because you don't like one thing 
doesn't mean that your partner doesn't like you yeah. know and also too I'd ask the question well why not why can't you hold my hand in public do you know what I mean like I hold everyone <laughs> yeah I oh, look I'm a I, I'm a hugger the next thing is that they keep playing and they have fun together fun is important because you know when a relationship is in crisis the fun goes pretty quickly right Yep. The last guy that I was dating, I remember every time I would get the poops or if we were, you know, about to argue, the first thing he would do would be to make me laugh. And then the <laughs> argument just goes down the drain and it's like, it's not even worth it. Let's just no. laugh and have a good time and a six second kiss. Absolutely. And you know what? Cuddles. Cuddles are a great way, a great gateway to great sex as well. Lots and lots of cuddles, just mm -hmm. like kissing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sometimes couples forget to just do a plain old hug. Yeah, yeah, I love a good cuddle. And also too, some people need to actually make sex and intimacy a priority. Especially if there's children. When, absolutely. And they're too tired and they're exhausted and you know, they're making everything else more important. And this this is purely about connection, physical connection and that intimacy. I mean, you can go to bed and not have sex but have a cuddle and have a kiss and fall asleep like that. And share that intimate time with your loved one. Yeah. It would just give yeah. you all of those feel-good feelings and it will definitely strengthen the relationship. Yeah, definitely. and. Also, be good friends. Don't just be husband and wife or partners. Actually be good friends. Like each other in relationship but like each other in friendship because sometimes when people are together, they actually stop being friends. Luke always refers to me as his best friend, always, and I'm the same. He is my best friend. You know, we, we live together, we work together. So, you know, we, we've got to have this you know, this relationship the way that it is. And now the other thing is talk about sex and your own sex life and be comfortable in that. That can be fun. Yes, definitely. I mean, there's a respectful way to do it, not to make your partner feel insecure, but it's definitely no. a conversation that should be had because it spices everything up and it just makes Definitely. both people happy because if he knows that he's getting you off you know his confidence is going to soar and then you're just going to constantly walk around with a smile on your face <laughs> absolutely i actually said to luke last night you know happy wife happy life happy sex life <laughs> totally i feel like this is a common issue that comes up with me and the people that surround me my clients and all of that sort of stuff where i always say just talk about it yeah. If it's coming from it. a place of love and respect and open communication, then no one will get hurt. Yeah. I mean, I, I have been in a relationship with someone who couldn't talk about it at all and it was too embarrassing. And, you know, that, that was challenging for me. It was really, really challenging because I wanted to talk about things that were going to make the relationship more fun, but it was because of his own insecurities that he couldn't go there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you're able to have those conversations with your partner, you actually have something to laugh about. I know that some people are suffering with this. How do you approach this sensitive, you're going to say right then and there, is that why you're laughing? How do you approach this sensitive topic? You could go back and say, hey, do you remember the first time? And it, let it go from there. I mean, Luke and I actually had that conversation last week and we were in stitches. <laughs> You know, before kids, when we used to have sex all the time, reminisce about mm -hmm. the fun times because, oh, gosh, remember when we did this? Just have yeah. some fun, be playful, be with your friend and just have some fun while you have this conversation. So just take the load off. Yeah, because, I mean, you can laugh, you can be intimate and still talk to each other and 100%. have fun. It doesn't have to be a focus on the end result. You know, you've got to have fun along the way getting to the end result, right? Another thing that's going to, to help 
keep intimacy alive is go on a date night, take your, take each other out for dinner, go watch a movie, go see a show. This is only limited to what your imagination can come up with. Mm-hmm. There is a lot. If there's an opportunity to take a holiday, I mean, when Luke and I were dating, we'd only been dating six months, he asked me to go to Hawaii with him while he was doing his last lot of Lomi training. And mm-hmm. I could have said no, but you know what? I just went, I don't know where this is going to go. Stuff it, I'm going to go. <sighs> so I, I went with him and that 12 days away actually cemented our relationship. Yeah. That 12 days that we had in Hawaii, I'd never been to Hawaii, he hadn't either. That really brought us so close. We knew from that and we'd only been together six months that we were probably going to be together for the rest of our lives. How long have you and Luke been together now? Coming up to April next year will be four years, but we just had our second anniversary. I mean, our second wedding anniversary. So we were together a year and Luke asked me to marry him and I said yes. And then we got married five months later. So a lot of people think we've been together a lot longer than we have. But I think when you're in your 40s, you need to know what you want. Definitely. That's why when, you know, when you're in your 30s and 40s, that's why you don't settle. Mm -hmm. You you, you know, if it's not working, why waste your time? Mm -hmm. Why waste your time? Now, the other thing, this is really, really important. When you speak to each other, turn toward each other and speak connected. Oh, my gosh, my friend, she was dating a guy and she was telling me that when she would talk to him, he would be facing the TV. Mm Mm-hmm. And she was like, why can't you look at me? What's the importance of the look? Because it bids for connection. It actually, you know, when you're talking face to face, eye to eye, that is pure connection. You could be in a different room and having a conversation with your partner, but it's not the same. Mm -hmm. If you turn toward them and you look at them again, what you're doing is you're giving them presence. That's a great tip, guys. Look at your partner. Carol, yeah. it's another for, one of those curveballs. It's time for a curveball. Are you ready to play? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I love random acts of kindness. So my question to you is what was your last random act of kindness? I paid for somebody's food at the shop. There was a couple standing in front of me and what was it he had forgotten his wallet she was freaking out and it was like a cup of coffee and something and then I just said to the guy look don't worry I'll get it I just believe that brings you so much good karma whenever Mm. you offer a random act of kindness and maybe we can add this to your list do a random act of kindness for your partner yeah definitely did you finish your Mm. list or was there more? That was the 13 things. Awesome. I, we need to wrap this up. I could talk to you for so long, but I just want to ask you a very big question. Yes. Why do people cheat? Oh, this is a big, this is a very big question. And again, I really believe that people cheat because they look outside of their relationship for what they don't have within their relationship. And it's a really sad thing because, again, it comes back to communication. If your partner is not telling you how appreciated you are, if your partner is not telling you that they love you, especially if your love language is words of affirmation, the first person that says, wow, you look beautiful today, Mm. that's a big deal. If you do get the compliments and the I love yous, what if your partner still cheats? I would want to know why. I would want I would be looking at for what purpose because sometimes not all men but sometimes men will do it because someone has stroked their ego. So it sounds like the reason that people cheat is not because they don't love you, but it sounds like something in the relationship is missing and missing. it's like they're outsourcing instead of breaking down and opening up that communication and having that time to prioritise the relationship and figure out what the actual problem is. 
the yeah. relationship has crumbled so far down that it's like they don't know how to escape and take the easy route. Oh, that person has a thing mm-hmm. for me. There's an attraction. Yeah, and I mean, and, and that's the challenging thing. Again, it comes down to the way that we communicate with each other verbally on a daily basis, but also intimately. I also read that feminine and masculine energies, you know, especially if you've been married a long time, if you're one of those women that is feminine at your core, but you've created a masculine mask because you feel like you clean the house all the time, you're the one looking after the kids, you've got to do this and you've got to run around and you build that masculine mask. So then it's like two masculine energies trying to make love and there's that clash. It doesn't work because you're repelling each other. When women are in their masculine, what they do is they emasculate their men and their men then they actually, because they don't want to rock the boat, you're actually seeing different feminine traits for the men because he's just retreating and not that that means that women need to retreat. I guess this is a whole different topic. But, you know, what I want to say to you is mm-hmm. getting back to why people have affairs, would you like to know what, what shuts down intimacy? Yes, please. What shuts down intimacies for women? It's the three U's. So Mm -hmm. the three U's are feeling unseen. If she's feeling unseen in her relationship, her partner needs to give her attention. Then she will be seen. Feeling that she is not understood. If she's feeling not understood, her partner needs to give her presence. If she is feeling unsafe, he needs to give her reassurance. So they're the three U's that shut down intimacy with with the feminine, being unseen, not being understood and feeling unsafe. With a man, it's the three C's. If he's being criticised, he needs to actually feel admired and appreciated. If he's feeling closed, the partner needs to bring about openness and playfulness. And then if he's feeling controlled, he needs to be given freedom and he needs to be given love. The man cave. Yeah. That's so amazing. Carol, I just, I need to get you back for a cheating episode, I think, because I want to talk more about this masculine and feminine energy, but we have to wrap it up because we've been talking for a while. And I want to thank you so much for giving us your time today. I have learned so much just through this podcast. And as a token of mine, And the listeners' gratitude, please let us know how can we give back to you? What can we do to get that smile on your dial? (laughs) Oh, you know what? I am just grateful that you have taken the time to interview me. I mean, that has put a smile on my face. That, my friend, is enough. And, I mean, if, if your listeners have gotten some gold nuggets from this, hey, have me back and, I'll, you know, that'll make me smile even more. I have absolutely loved this process so much. I have so much more that I would love to share with you at another time. And maybe Luke and I can jump on together and have a chat to you as well. I think that would be a perfect idea. All right, Carol, stay sexy. Thank you. Oh, always. Thank you so much. <laughs> wow, what a cool episode. I hope you got as much out of it as I did. And if you feel like this episode will help someone that you know, take a screenshot or share the podcast with them so it can get into their ears. And I would really appreciate if you could leave me a five-star review on my iTunes or Stitcher account so that I can keep doing this show for you. And remember to hit subscribe so that you never miss your episode. If you haven't already, you can hop onto my Instagram, Helen underscore Yuskovic, and my Facebook group, The Whole Crew, so that you can be around my beautiful, supportive group. Under the Instagram photo, if anything that you heard today really resonated with you, I would really love to read it. It would totally light me up. And keep in mind, heartbreak does happen. Health issues do arise, but your success doesn't ever need to be compromised. Bye for now. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 